Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Wednesday, September the 6th. As we like to do once a week, we'll be chatting with our friend Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. Let's say hello to Bill all the way from the Empire State or the city of New York, as they like to call it, Bill. Welcome. Great great to have you. Well, it's a pleasure to be back, Silvio. Uh, yes, it is the Empire State. I'm not in the Empire State. Uh, I am in the Empire State, but not the Empire City. We're actually in White Plains, which is about 25 miles north of New York City. But we can see all the refugees streaming out of mm. New York City and coming by uh, because New York City is an absolute mess. Uh, it's uh, really be it's becoming a disgrace. And, and, uh, and the, the governor and the mayor are fighting and the, and the state legislature won't do a thing. Uh, New York is really is really going through very hard times. And what many people fear here is that the state will go bankrupt. And mm. if the state goes bankrupt, no one knows what will happen. Right. But, no, you're right. Because they're not going to get a dime from the federal government. No, the government isn't, isn't showing any interest at all. Right. New York and California are the biggest out-migration states in the United States right now. More people are leaving those states than any others. Right. And they are both two big Democratic states. No, you're right. And, and the case of New York, I saw a video of some people on the streets in New York City yelling, literally yelling, where is the border? Where is the border? I guess complaining uh, that the Biden administration is not enforcing the border. But the anger of people and, you know, the people always react to that anger and try to find some kind of a racial angle to it. I don't. I, you know, I think if you have a school and and I don't know if this is true or not, so please confirm it. But if you have a school now where the kids from the regular families who live there have to be vaccinated but the, the kids from the migrant families do not have to be vaccinated. I don't know if that's true. I heard that. If it is true, I don't know what genius came up with that bill. Well, uh, the, the, there are many geniuses here in New York, and they've all been at work doing their genius thing. But the, the basic reality is New York is one of those, New York City I'm now referring to, is one of those places that was so proud to declare itself a sanctuary city never expecting that they'd have to actually be put to the test. They were not ready. Uh, and when the when the migrants first came from uh, Texas, they were very proud. We're, we're going to take them in because we are a sanctuary city and we're the good people, not like those people in Texas. And suddenly they realized they didn't have any space. And now they're running out. They have run out of space. It's and money, I would think they've run out of money too, Bill. Well, it's costing the city an enormous yeah. amount to house them, but also there are thousands of new kids who are going to be in the public schools who That's don't who, ha who don't speak English, who are going to need translators. And uh, apparently they are not going to be subjected to the same uh, standards. And, it's, uh, and the school system, which already is strained, is going to be strained even more. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the future is for this city. Uh, people say it's going to come back. I don't see it coming back. There, there's not. There's no route to it's coming back. Mm -hmm. I was, was uh, speaking a few days ago with a an, an a banker who, or a former retired banker, who specialized in real estate, and he said that the, that the banks have known for years that New York City was in decline. And uh, they couldn't really say it too loudly, but they know that there's no route back. 
In other words, there's nothing on the horizon that New York City can do. Uh, it's it's a tourist attraction, but you're not going to be much of a tourist attraction if people are afraid to go out at night. And that's what's happening in New York City. It is, a, of course, a great uh, a, a sports center, but the sports are now so expensive to go to that it, it's it's an event just to go to a baseball or a right. football game. And, of course, the, the restaurants, well, many of them are closing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you see the same thing in, in cities like San Francisco where, where institutions are closing because of, of the, the theft. You go into a store, a big store like CVS in parts of New York City today, all you see is goods behind behind glass, right. and you have to call somebody to get it. Yeah, how encouraging is that? I mean, you walk into a place, and 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 then you see scenes from San Francisco and people just out on the streets. I mean, it it, it is so sad to see great cities, really. Oh yes, yes, uh, just torn apart. Uh, it is remarkable. Bill Labor Day is usually, uh, I guess, a, a marker. Uh, political marker, but also an opportunity for both sides to talk about the economy. And it's, you know, the numbers for President Biden on the economy are absolutely horrible. Uh, I think it's the inflation. A lot of it is the inflation. This gentleman, Brett Stevens, I think that's how you pronounce it, Stevens. Yes. Uh, wrote a, a column in the New York Times, uh, and he was basically saying, explaining why Biden is not popular. And they were talking about the economy, the Afghanistan, you know, everything going on the border. And, you know, one thing he didn't say, I wish he had said this, Bill, is that another thing that is hurting President Biden is the comparison to President Trump, at least the economy. I mean, people were better off. I mean, that's objectively true. They were better off before. And I think a lot of people remember that. So it's just a bad time. He's also, as you wrote in an article uh, today at Urgent Agenda, he's underperforming with minorities. And that is, they have to have minorities in huge numbers. So it's just not a good time to be Joe Biden, Bill. It really isn't. And you wonder why he would even want to run again. I, I, I don't understand this because he's already been president. He's already been elected. He will be in the history books as a president of the United States. Certainly, he has some idea of his physical condition. I mean, when you see the president of the United States just in a daze most of the time, wandering around, uh, apparently the White House press secretary had to deny in a press conference that he's treated like a baby by the staff, but he objectively is. They, they, they keep him on a very light schedule. Uh, this man is not prepared to lead the country through a crisis should a crisis occur. Uh, we have a foreign policy that is now ma- making many, many people uncomfortable because it seems to be a foreign policy run by uh, Barack Obama. It's Obama's people. And uh, I read an article today in one of the foreign newspapers saying that that the, the United States is becoming weak and indecisive again and and with other countries questioning whether we can be relied upon. And that's a very, very bad situation to be in because that's the kind of situation that leads to wars. Right. Well, I think it's interesting, Bill, how, you know, my mother had an expression. It was in Spanish, of course, but her expression was that when nobody respects you, you know, get ready for anything. It was something like that she used to say. And that appears to be the case with Joe Biden, President Biden. And this, a few days ago, the mayor of Tijuana, Mexico, 
put a piece of the Berlin Wall uh, at the border, basically saying, you know, that basically comparing the the wall on the on the U.S. Mexico border to the Berlin Wall. Well, that if if we had a president who was alert, that president would have stood up by now and say, "Take that down. That is a disgrace." You don't make that comparison, of course, and would have given the, the this lady mayor of Tijuana a lecture on. I mean, you know the Berlin Wall. You remember that whole time, and you know one thing people forget is that East German soldiers would kill you if you tried to escape. That's exactly right. And there were, in fact, there's a museum called Victims of Communism. And they have photos of many of these people who were killed trying to leave. There's about 160 of them. You know, that to compare this to the Berlin Wall is such an outrage, but it, it gets compounded by the fact that we have a president who doesn't say anything about it. I mean, I think President Trump would have said something about it. <laughs> Very Maybe much would, so. I don't think they would have done it under Trump, frankly. That's the difference. Well, and, uh, but, but, but that yeah. matters to me, the idea that he's not respected, Bill, as you, as you were saying. Well, how can anyone in a foreign country respect him, uh, given not only his physical condition, but as you said, a failure to respond to something as blatantly absurd and insulting as that. But he has a left-wing constituency that has no problem at all with, with the open border, has no problem at all with America's getting weaker, uh, which really doesn't like America. And he has, without any question, we have a shadow government in Washington now made up of the Obama people. And they are trying to continue Obama's reckless and irresponsible policies, and I fear that they that they may that they may succeed. I mean, in the Middle East, we seem to be building up Iran at the expense of of uh, Israel and our Arab uh, friends. Our friends don't seem to mean anything anymore. And when you abandon your friends, other friends notice it. Right. Uh, well, also, Bill, you have a situation. I think I heard today that. Uh, Saudi Arabia and other countries are cutting back their production yes. of oil, which is, I mean, that's like in your face, America, uh, because we've cut back our production to please the climate change people. And now you've got them cutting back their production. I mean, they don't care about the climate. They're just doing it to, to hurt the United States. But that's just going to make the price of gasoline stay at these levels. Uh and, and that's not helping the family budget uh, this week. I, I think we mentioned it the last time, but it bears repeating. Some numbers came out, Bill, that consumer loans, credit card loans, car loans, delinquencies are high. Very. They just don't have the money. They don't have the money. You know, they get to the end of the month and there are still bills to pay. And then you got next month's bills, like the rent and all that kind of stuff that has to be paid. And they just don't have the money bill. And that's exactly right. They 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 were told by the Biden administration that, that they were getting pay raises, but the pay raises don't begin to cover the inflation. And what you see with with this administration, uh, somebody said it last night, is that it's an administration that does not have respect for the ordinary American. They talk down to the ordinary American. Uh, the they they to these people who are running the country right now, unless you have a PhD from an Ivy League school, you're not considered knowledgeable or important. So they talk to people, and they don't understand that the people understand a lot more than they think they do. 
the, the, the people are not stupid when the when the Biden says, well, inflation is less than it was. Well, the fact is that the effects of that earlier huge spike in inflation are still being felt. The prices have not come down. You know, if, if he could point to prices coming down on basic food items, gasoline, that's one thing. But to simply say, well, the rate of increase in the prices is less, and isn't that wonderful, and that's Bidenomics. No, it's not. It is absolutely true. People cannot afford, in many cases, the basics of life. And especially that is true of, of families with children who are going off to college uh, because uh, many cannot pay for college. Many are not getting the scholarship help uh, that they deserve. Uh, and uh, the colleges themselves are being squeezed financially by some very reckless policies. We are in a very bad situation. Now, one of the banking houses uh, this morning announced that they don't think there's going to be a recession. They think there's only a 15% chance of there being a recession. Well, for many Americans, we have been in a, co a constant recession. And, that, and the recession never ended. They are, as you say, in, in, a, a, in a terrible crisis, and they're angry. Right. And well, they're angry. You're right. And, and I think where sometimes these economists get a little confused is that they live in a world of more numbers and reality. We may not be technically in a recession, meaning that we won't have two consecutive quarters of minus GDP. But to the average person, what is really killing them is the price of gasoline. Yes. And the price of food. I read a story in the Dallas Morning News Bill that over the last 12 months, that the increase in food here in the North Texas area, the greater Dallas-Fort Worth area, is 12%. Yes. So I, I guarantee you not that many people have gotten a salary increase in excess of 12%. No. So most families are short of cash. And that's what these delinquencies are telling you. So when I read economists uh, say, well, there's only a 15% chance of recession, that may be technically true in the academic sense. But explain that to the guy. I mean, I I just paid 340 for gasoline on yeah Monday. Uh, Labor Day, $3.40 for gasoline a gallon. Yes. Uh, I know that's low compared to you and to other places, but that's it's, high for us, Bill. It's, here it's about three eighty. dollars uh, In some cases, if you pay by credit card, uh, a little over $4. And uh, and yes, and, and, and that was that was one of Biden's great bragging points, that he brought the cost of uh, fuel down. But he hasn't. It's now going up again. And they do absolutely nothing to help those those uh, uh, car drivers, many of whom need their automobiles to get to work because they refuse to increase production in the United States right. in order to satisfy once again the Obama wing of the party. Right. They, they don't they don't care about people. And I think most Americans who follow politics, even vaguely, understand that the Democratic Party has. It's no longer the party that cares about the working people. It cares about the elites. It cares about the professoriate. Uh, and, it, and it cares about uh, every criminal you can find uh, because they, they consider criminals to be victims of society. Right. And that is their point of view. And it's a point of view they now express pretty, wi uh, pretty widely. Now, and by the way, in that article in the New York Times by Mr. Stevens, he pointed out the chaos in the cities and all the oh, crimes. Yes as another 
problem. I mean, he could, President Biden could do something about these cities. He could pick up the phone and call the, the governor of Illinois and say, look, if you don't fix this every weekend, I'm going to fix it. Yes. Okay, the idea that you have every weekend in Chicago, anywhere from five to 15 people killed, uh, the crime in all these places, he could say to the, the mayor of San Francisco, you know, if you want to destroy the city of San Francisco, I'm not going <laughs> to let you. I'm not going to let you do it. Yes. I'm going to intervene. In words, there, he should do with these cities, honestly, what Governor Abbott did here with the city of Austin. You know, the city of Austin said, we're going to defund the police. And Abbott said, well, uh, no, you're not, because I'm yeah. going to put, you know, state police so that we protect the citizens of Austin. Yes. And he could do that on a national level. Absolutely. He and could, he won't. He, he could call up National Guard companies. Uh, and I, I, I don't know what the law is on this, but I do know that we have had instances in recent American history back in the 60s where troops were sent into uh, Detroit, for example, right. sure. by, uh, by President Johnson. Uh, I think there are provisions in the law that are constitutional that allow the president to send military forces in where uh, there is uh, a break breakdown of law and order. I wish they would do it. I wish they would do it in Illinois and say to the mayor of Chicago, sorry, mayor, you're not mayor anymore. Right. I mean, the, 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 the federal government identifies a crisis. The people of the United States uh, 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 must be protected. And, and send in troops or call up National Guard companies, uh, local companies that will uh, augment the police and, and escort children to and from school. Mm -hmm. It would, first of all, I think, be immensely popular. Uh, and I think it might break the back of some of the gangs. But right. nothing, nothing is really being done. Nothing and, at all. And isn't it interesting that the NAACP of Oakland, California, put out a, a statement saying they were sick and tired of crime. Do mm -hmm. something. Right. And there was not, no one has lifted a finger to help. That's them. right. Well, you remember in 1992 when they had those riots in LA, the Rodney King riots, that president Bush did send the national guard in. Yes. And there, I don't know exactly how he did it, what technique he used, but I remember hearing that he, he, he federalized the National Guard. Basically, he took over the National Guard. Now, exactly how he did it, I don't know. But there is a way to do it, and you could put a lot more pressure uh, on some of these governors <laughs> and some of these mayors. Uh, you could put a lot more pressure on them, but they're, they're, you know, they're devastating their communities with all this crime. But that's also part of the reason that the polls are down for President Biden, because people are seeing all of this. And then, of course, the other thing that people are seeing, Bill, too, was Afghanistan and how we got out. Yes. That was a disaster, too, Bill. And a continuing disaster because the equipment we left behind, we now know, is being supplied to dictatorships around the world, uh, enemy nations. And they, they say nothing. I think they believe, and I, I, I do believe that this is their thought pattern in Washington, that the American press will cover for them. And I'm afraid they're right. I'm afraid well, they're right. I think that you're right too, but uh, it's a, it's an American press with 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 a declining audience too. That's the thing that yes. that we have to we have to take into account. Bill, a couple of other things I wanted to to talk about today. Uh, President Trump, there's a possibility we could actually see the trial on television. I think we will. Yeah, and that that would be perfect for President Trump. I mean, he would dominate everything for the whole time. 
Uh, it's like like you mentioned the OJ trial, OJ Simpson trial. Um, but I mean, I don't know how I feel about it. I guess it's fun to watch it, but I wonder if it if it's going to turn into a circus, just like the OJ Simpson trial did, Bill. Well, I suspect that the apparently under under law in Georgia, uh, it can be uh, uh, televised. I don't know if anybody can do anything about that if the judge decides to allow television cameras. I think that the district attorney, who clearly is a very, very ambitious local politician who wants to be governor, would see this as a great triumph for her. I'm not so sure it would be. I think that Americans would look at it and say this. Many Americans would look at it and say this is a disgrace. And if the Trump uh, communications machine is operating correctly, they will point out those things. However, it is also true that in certain situations, a, a judge can put a gag order out, making it very difficult for the Trump communications people to operate. Uh, I, I, I don't, we, we don't, you know, we're in uncharted territory. We've never seen this before. Right. I think the O.J. Simpson trial ended in a, a sense of disgust when he was acquitted because he was right. so obviously guilty. And you saw these scenes on television of law students at, at Howard University uh, applauding the, the verdict, uh, uh, you know, the innocent verdict of an obviously guilty man. I think it left America with a very bad taste. Uh, and I think that I think this would that the televising would probably work more in President Trump's favor than against him. But we can't be sure. Right. Like happened. you said, we're in and we're in new territory. You know, this has never happened before, uh, which leads me to another point that I, I actually think that a lot of Americans are worried that we're into new territory like this. Yes. Because we're dealing once you open this this. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Once you cross this line, I should say, and you get into this kind of political vengeance, it's going to go the other way, too. Oh, yes. And that's what I fear, that we're going to become a nation, you know, where the, the next thing they're going to do is they're going to go after a Democrat or a district judge somewhere in Texas or somewhere in Alabama or wherever is going to indict President Obama over this or this or that. I wouldn't want that. But that's where you go. Yes. When you cross this kind of line. Well, that we, we have no delineation because the idea of a local prosecutor being able to prosecute a, a former president is bad enough. What about a current president? Now, it, right. it's, as I understand it, most lawyers believe that a president, that a, a sitting president cannot be indicted, that the impeachment process is the constitutional route. But a former president, I mean, this, this is beginning to look like a, a banana republic right, there, right. where they go after former leaders and they put them in prison. Right. And they, they go right from the presidency in, right, to, right to the jailhouse. Very dangerous. I also think there's something else that's dangerous here that people are very reluctant to talk about. And that is the, the racialization of this. Uh, you, 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 and I say this with no disrespect to anybody or any group, but there are an awful lot of black prosecutors involved in these things because of the areas of the prosecution in New York uh, and in Washington and in um, in Georgia. Uh, and I, I, there could be a racial backlash. I hope it does not happen, but there could be. Right. And, and, I, and I think that that may be looked at also. Another thing is, and, and this is something that, again, has, I think, not really been discussed. What if President 
Trump goes through all of these trials and all of this legal stuff and never gets convicted. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it doesn't mean he has to be acquitted, but right. one person on a jury, uh, if they have good lawyers who know how to appeal to people, you know, so there was a, a, a young man, young African-American, I believe in Georgia, who cheered Trump as he was leaving after being uh, uh, after being indicted. And a reporter asked, why are you cheering him? And, and the young African-American said, because they're doing to him what they did to us. Right. That that is something that can happen. You know, you can get the unexpected reaction. And it's all of a sudden they're left with the idea that maybe the African-American communities in these places are not going to be as antagonistic to Trump as they think. Right. Well, also, I, 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 I also think, Bill, you mentioned about these district attorneys. Not only is there the racial factor, but the hyper-partisan factor, too. I mean, none of these three people, whether it's the guy in Manhattan or the lady in Georgia or the lady in Washington, D.C., none of these people are known as bipartisan. And if you're going to have a if you're going to have a case against the former president and it's all from one side, I think a lot of people worry about that. I do. I do. Because I, I, I think that, you know, when justice goes partisan, that's no longer justice. That's right. And that's what really worries me. Couple and of the, quick, go ahead, go ahead, Bill. No, I said that's what they saw in the O.J. Simpson trial. No, right. no justice. That's right. That's right. Couple of quick points here, Bill. Before we run out of time, our friend Vivek, the candidate, the very yes. exciting, very articulate, uh, is running into a few problems. And part of the problem, I think, is that he said too many things. Yes, exactly. And, and you know, you go out there and you start talking about nine eleven. You start talking about conspiracies and, uh, you know, weapons in Iraq and all this kind of stuff, you go too far in that direction and you turn off somebody like me. Okay. I mean, I go, wait a minute. No, I don't think that 9-11 was an inside job, Mr. Vivek. No, I don't. Uh, yes, uh, we didn't find stockpiles of weapons in Iraq, but uh, were we supposed to give him the benefit of the doubt? So, I mean, these things that I think he's been saying are hurting him, Bill. I really do. They're hurting him with more serious voters. Yes, and, and they're hurting him even more because the image of youth and vitality that he wants to project to the public has become a negative because instead of sounding vigorous and youthful and strong, he's sounding vigorous and childish and, 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 and not so strong. Uh, youth can be used against you because he does not have any real experience in these things. And I would love to see a debate between him and Nikki Haley because she would know exactly what to say to him. Right. But I think you're right. He is now in the stage where he has to explain everything he says. Uh, and some of the things he says are kooky. Right. I, don't, I don't think he will get very far. He's a, a, he may be a man for the future, but he has to learn a lot. Running for president is one of the hardest jobs in the world. Mm -hmm. Every single thing you say is going to be analyzed and is going to be flashed around the world. And inevitably, the inexperienced make mistakes, and then they have to go on the defensive. Right. No, you're right. And I think he's made a few. Now, I still think, as you say, that he has a great future, but I'm not sure it's in 2024, although it would be interesting if he were to replace President Biden in January 2025 that would be the all-time greatest trivia question. 
the oldest president turns it over to the youngest president. That yes. would be that would be a great trivia question uh, uh, about that. Bill, one more thing. Uh, there's talk again of COVID. I I don't know anything about medical stuff. I always tell people when they ask me questions about vaccines, I say, don't ask me, ask your doctor, because I don't know anything about it. And I ask my doctor about things like this. So everybody should do the same. But the political component here is that we may have the mask mandates again and stuff like that, which I think would be a political disaster for the Biden White House bill. Well, I think it would be a disaster because we are once again in new territory. These are new variants. Uh, the experience of the last pandemic was very bitter for many Americans. Uh, people, uh, first of all, their children had to stay home from school and lost a year of school, lost a year of socialization. Uh, the vaccines did not, while they did work, yes, the vaccines do work. They don't work exactly as, in the way that people thought they would. They don't actually prevent you from getting the virus. It, but if you do get, get it, it's a very, it's like a common cold. And that, of course, is a great advance. You know, let's not put that down. But they, I think they realize now that many of the pieces of advice that were given were not accurate. Uh, I think that it is also some, something, and it's kind of in the background, that many drugs that we already had on hand might have been effective and were not allowed to be used because uh, of, uh, of of some rule or some ruling that they, they that the government didn't think they were effective when, in fact, some doctors were using them and, and, and they were effective. I also think that the the whole notion that you always heard on CNN in particular, well, we follow the science. I think Americans are now more informed that science is very contentious, that scientists argue all the time, and that if they are wrong, there is a price to be paid. One doctor was very effective last night on, on television uh, in saying that we are now going to require 18-year-olds to get the vaccine in colleges, even though not one 18-year-old died from the virus, and but there was an increase in a heart ailment uh, 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 that, that the vaccine apparently caused. And yet there is no there there is no no actual reason to give them the the, the new vaccine, but it will cause additional possibly additional uh, uh, heart problems with some and will not do a thing for them in terms of COVID. Right. Out, it's outrageous. And right. that's now going to come out. Some of our newspapers may, in fact, and television outlets may, in fact, have the courage this time to raise questions with the government. Right. I, I think the, there was also a public relations mistake in retrospect to say that if you take the, the vaccine, you were never going to get it again. And, yes. and I think that ended up being a huge problem. I'm not saying they were lying to us when they told us that, but look at the first lady. She has taken everything, all the boosters, all the all of the vaccines. And the first lady right now is uh, is, I guess, under COVID watch yes. uh, in the White House or in Delaware, wherever she may may be. And I understand that the President Biden is walking around the White House with the mask on, yes. but he forgot to do it when he was handing the medal to the soldier. Yes, that's uh, yesterday. Right. So I, I, that's that doesn't come across as very smart. And he's supposed to go to New Delhi tomorrow, right? And yeah. uh, that 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 I, mean, I don't I don't want to laugh at it, but to watch the President of the United States 
getting off the plane with his mask and 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 then stumbling i mean it's the imagery is terrible it's terrible he, if if she, if the first lady is truly sick she should certainly not go maybe he shouldn't go skip this conference the world will forgive us right. and and say i i i have to be here uh, for good medical reasons but yes i think that that you know what what happens in these situations is the public does become educated to a certain degree it may not be to the degree that we, we wish but you know toward the end of world war ii the american public was very well informed about warfare what warfare was like what it does to the country they were informed about about uh, the effects on the economy the public is smarter than the politicians think even if they don't know something they feel it and mm -hmm. feeling it is very important right well the other thing too is it's so much the last time around um so much was was done with the schools that that was a disaster closing the schools and the damage that has been done to children over that is t terrible and there are many parents who are very angry with good reason uh at school administrators so my guess is that if we get another covid or covid 2023 whatever they call it that i think a lot of the states will not go along with the mandates and I think I heard Senator Cruz today say, if you want to wear a mask, go right ahead, but just don't force me to wear one. And that, I think that's going to be the attitude of most Americans, including in blue states like New York, Bill. I think that's absolutely true. And I also think that the level of exhaustion that we had as a nation during the pandemic mm -hmm. has not worn off. I think many people still feel it. They, they certainly feel it financially they feel it in their relations with their children and if they say here we go again and they start getting this advice i do feel there will be a silent rebellion i think so and i and i think it'll hurt the administration if, if they decide to go back uh to those policies i mean back in april or may or 2020 it was a totally different uh atmosphere with respect to COVID. i mean i wore the mask for a while I did it. In some places, you had to wear it. But I think by the summer, by the fall of 2020, I began to wonder if all of these closings and all of this masking, if it had more to do with hurting President Trump than actually anything about COVID. Because, I mean, I do believe the Democrats, and this is another reason I think people are angry over COVID and the masking and all of that, because I do think the Democrats used COVID to hurt President Trump. Oh, absolutely. There and, and, and the no question about that. The Democratic Party believes that anything Trump did was illegitimate, <laughs> even if it worked. You know, I mean, it's it's that well, if he did it, it must be bad. This yes. is not this is not the Democratic Party that I grew up in uh, years ago. The party of Roosevelt, Truman, and Kennedy. First of all, Jack Kennedy could not get into the Democratic Party today. I don't think Harry Truman could, and. Well, maybe maybe President Roosevelt could get in as an other abled person because he <laughs> because he he was in a wheelchair. But they they these are these are not the kind of people we see in that party. And you see, I mean, it is simply remarkable, isn't it, that the shadow government that we have today? Uh, well, not the shadow government. That's going too far. But the man who is most mentioned as an alternative to Joe Biden is Gavin Newsom one of the most unsuccessful governors in the United States? The quality of your work means nothing. It right. just means nothing.
No, not at all. Well, Bill, just a quick, quick anniversaries here before we go. Uh, Munich, 1972, yes. the Olympics. That was Munich. horrible. That was horrible. I'm sure you remember that. I mean, I do. Uh, I remember watching the Olympics with my father and my brother, and then all of a sudden we went from to sports to this horrible thing. And, Bill, I mentioned off the air that I think that maybe this was the first time that terrorism actually came to our TV screen. Would you agree with that? I think that it, it was. And it was, of course, the Munich Massacre, as it was called, the Massacre of the uh, Israeli Athletes uh, uh, at, at the Olympics. And and all that followed it, it was uh, not only a horrible thing, but uh, they can, uh, they, some people wanted to continue the Olympics. Uh, the attitude of the uh, the Olympic Committee uh, toward the dead, the the deceased athletes was awful. Uh, the Olympic Committee was run by people who they, they just cared about the games. I mean, the fact that we lost some people, well, you know who. And and they saw a real coldness, the a vulnerability that people felt afterward that even an Olympic athlete could not be kept safe. It was a, 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 an awful thing. Uh, the the year, of course, 1972, was also the year of a presidential election in America, in which Richard Nixon, who was not even a particularly popular president, won the greatest landslide in American history, right. not by defeating an obviously inadequate candidate in George McGovern. That's and we right. began to see dramatically the decline of the Democratic Party. That's right. That was, I think, maybe the the turning point for them. They went downhill after, after that, no question about it. Bill, have a wonderful week, and we'll do it again next week. Absolutely, Silvio. Always glad to talk to you. Thank you so much. Our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda, we chat with him once a week, and I really wanted to get his input on the Labor Day and some of the economic information and this amazing story that appeared on the New York Times by Brett Steffens, I think that's how you pronounce it, who I think he's their conservative columnist, I'm not sure, but he wrote a really good piece about why the American people are down on Biden. And it basically comes down to results. I mean, the results are not there. It's as simple, it's as, simple as that. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.